1: Earlier this morning, we were talking about how much access that Americans have to the media these days, whether we're talking about some of the traditional media outlets or whether we're talking about social media that's so popular today. Joining us again is Julie Smith, our resident media literacy (laughs) expert. She and I co-host a podcast, What the Media, that you can find on KMOX.com. When it comes to this access, I think sometimes we want to think it's all negative, but there are some benefits. Let's look at a few of the pros and cons of how much access we have to information these days.
0: Yeah, the pro is that we have access to so much information. The con is that we have access to so (laughs) much information, right? Um, Some media that professors refer to it as an information glut or an information problem, that we have so much information at our fingertips, it's impossible to know what is real, meaningful, valid or true. And I think in some ways that's correct. One of the issues that researchers find with having so many options for information is that we tend to choose information that we like rather than information that we might need So instead of information being pushed on us, now we pull it from whatever source we want, which is great that we have so many options, but it gets to be a challenge if we're only choosing options that affirm our already held beliefs about the world. Well, for most
1: of us, we haven't had any kind of training in how to really use media how to analyze it, how we just take those messages in. And I think a great example of that was the recent discussions about Facebook Mm -hmm. and how their algorithms work. Well, for insiders, yes, people who were highly tuned in knew some of that information. But I think for a lot of people, they never really thought
0: about what comes across their feeds and how that happens. Right. And I think it's interesting, too, when we talk about understanding how the process works, We are typically passive consumers of Mm -hmm. all of this information, but when you encourage people to be media literate, you encourage them to ask questions so that it's not just passive consumption of messages, but we're responding and asking questions about who the sender is and what their motive is and how the message is created, what information is left out and who's profiting. I think just as important as knowing how we use the media is knowing how they use us so sometimes if a parent asks me, you know, Julie, how how old should my child be when they get on Instagram? I always say, well, you know, kids have to take driver's ed. They have to go through a class and get that license to drive that car. You really should do the same with especially social media platforms and younger kids. Have them read the terms of service and understand how the app operates. I think that changes the relationship a little bit. I think for a lot of adults, we just
1: end up, tuning out things or eliminating things that we don't want to access instead of thinking critically about everything that might be
0: out there. Well, and that's, that's a real, it's a feature and a bug because we can be our own gatekeepers and control what information gets to us. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, depending on what the information is.
1: We're going to have more on this for the rest of the week, talking about Media Literacy Week and really how it impacts us and how we can be savvy consumers of the media. In the meantime, if you want to check out some of the work that Julie and I have done, you can go to our podcast page on KMOX.com and look for What the Media.